Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Chris Jericho. And now, here's your host, Rob Paspani. It's another episode of Squared Circle Pit. Thank you for tuning in. Two in a row. I got Chris Jericho back on the show this week. Very excited to talk to Chris. He's got a lot to talk about. He's got a big event. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's coming up. Double or Nothing, the debut event from AEW All Elite Wrestling, the new promotion. Uh, a lot of AEW news. They're going to be, uh, the rumor is, they're going to be on TNT starting this fall. That announcement's supposedly happening next week. And they're going to be doing shows. They're going to be getting serious here. Uh, and I did not talk to Chris about that. I, I recorded this a few weeks ago. And we're, we're mainly talking about, we do talk about Double or Nothing, his, his match with Kenny Omega and, and joining AEW. We also spend a good amount of time talking about Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Cruise Part 2 happening this January, sailing from Florida to the Bahamas. Talk about some memories from the first cruise and what fans can expect on the new one. And I also asked Chris about the hanging out with Triple H at Ric Flair's 60th birthday party a few weeks ago. Uh, the interview is about 20 minutes. You can check that out right now. And then afterwards, I'll come back and I'll give some opinions on AEW and the wrestling world at large nowadays. Now entering the squared circle pit, we have a very busy man, Chris Jericho. Thank you for coming back on the show. Uh, you have the Double or Nothing pay-per-view coming up on Memorial Day and the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. I said that correctly, January 20th through 24th. Lots of exciting stuff. This is a very exciting time for Chris Jericho, I think. I mean, yeah, just busy as always, man. Just uh, keeping the ball rolling and um, making sure to continue to, to work hard to, to get some cool stuff going on. So it's always an exciting time for Chris Jericho. I went on the first cruise last October, and I've been, on a f I've been on a few of the other metal cruises, obviously never a wrestling cruise, and this is without question the most fun I've ever had, probably the best vacation I've ever had. It was really fun just to watch and surreal to watch wrestling on, on the deck of the ship. And I think the underappreciated part of the cruise that I feel not a lot of people talked about was just seeing a guy like Jim Ross just sitting at the bar, hanging out, having some drinks, or or seeing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with his morning coffee and his wife. It's just like these surreal moments you would never experience at any other wrestling event. Well, I mean, Fozzie did the Kiss Cruise in 2015, and that's when I noticed that um, it was just more of a big hang, and it wasn't like, you know, the talent was sequestered behind uh, a gate and then all the all the you know the guests and all the fans were in another area and it was really cool for me because you know we played on the cruise um and the first day lots of people want to take pictures and then the second day some people do and the third day you're, you're just somebody on the cruise just hanging out with everybody else and i thought that was a really cool um kind of an experience to where like you said you're not going to get this anywhere else if you go to a convention if it's a comic convention or a wrestling convention or whatever it may be you pay to get in and then you pay you know i don't know 50 bucks to get a picture and another 50 bucks to get it signed and you say hi for three three or four seconds or 30 seconds and then you move on the thing i really loved about about the jericho cruise which was the same vibe as the kiss cruise is that, that that's not the case you, you end up hanging out with people or you know seeing like you mentioned i remember i went down at, at, at 
four in the morning to the buffet to get some nachos or something. You see some people down there and you're hanging out. That's something that you can't get anywhere else. You can't replicate that anywhere else. And I think that was something that a lot of people didn't quite understand when the, when the first cruise was first announced, just how open and accessible it is and how everything is pretty much included with the price of a cabin. It's all inclusive. You know, every picture that you take, every autograph, every experience, every show, it's all free. Right. So like I even if you go to a convention, uh, you pay to get in right. and then you have to pay for the autographs. All the meet and greets were included in the price, which I thought was so awesome. Yeah, and like I said, I think once people kind of, the people that went on the cruise, like yourself, as a curiosity or whatever, uh, and then people that didn't go hearing about it, there was a huge sensation of FOMO of people saying, oh, I wish I would have went and I should have gone. And you can tell by the fact that we've sold more cabins in the first eight weeks than we did in the first eight months last time. So I think that the word of mouth gets around. And we heard from so many people, not just you, that it was the best vacation they'd ever had. And that, to me, was the goal. It wasn't to make money, because Lord knows I didn't make money in the first one, but it was to start a, 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 a destination franchise vacation where people are going to come year by year, just like they do with the Kiss Cruise. And, you know, the money will come afterwards, but I just wanted to, to create, you know, something very, very cool that would be more than just a one-off. And that's what happened. So I think mission accomplished on all accounts. Yeah, and, and, you know, other than the, the rock bands playing and the awesome pro wrestling on the deck of a ship, uh, there was also great live like podcast recordings, live Q&As, and, and I remember the uh, Eddie Guerrero one in particular that you did. It was you, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and DDP, and I just remember watching it, like, being blown away, like, moved nearly to tears at how awesome all the stories were, and it was like, this could never happen anywhere else yeah i mean that's the thing when, when you know i had picked all the talent that was on the cruise um based on what i thought i could do with with people as far as you know the shows that we're doing and the, and the events and all that sort of thing and that was one of the original ideas was to do something uh about eddie with those guys that were involved and i mean you know it's the same thing with with this lineup of talent like everybody that i have on there it's for a reason it's not just a collection of guys where, oh, it's just like somebody, okay, I know this guy has his own podcast and this guy uh, would be great to do this and that person would be great to do that. And um, I think that's, like you said, to create a bunch of cruise-exclusive events that you can't see or experience anywhere else. And that's the secret to it is that you have to make it original and unique to where – people know that when the cruise comes, okay, maybe you can watch some of the matches like we did on fight TV, but you'll never see the, you know, the Eddie Guerrero tribute with me and Conan and Ray Mysterio and DDP. Um, you know, I'll record it for talk is Jericho and you can hear it a couple months later, but it's not the same. And that's what I wanted to do was to do as minimal filming as possible and make it to where if you want to be a part of this, you have to, you have to go, you have to go on the cruise and you have to be there and experience it live uh, and experience just on the, the rock and wrestling razor. Right. There were plenty of matches that never uh, broadcast too. Like I remember seeing young bucks versus LAX and it was just an amazing match. Yeah. That was just for the cruise, which I thought was cool. And your the lineup this year. I feel like somehow you've even topped last year's lineup. You have the entire Wolfpack, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Xbox, Booker T, Vicky Guerrero, DDP is back. He's bringing Jake Roberts. You got Eric Bischoff, 
the Wrestling Observer guys are going to be snooping around, getting the inside story. <laughs> and and I think the biggest guest of all is Ric Flair. That's like that's a cruise. Would Ric Flair? That is a party boat when Ric Flair is on it. Well, I mean, I asked Rick the first time, but once again, no one really knows what it is. And it's one of those things that you get one under your belt, then people hear the word of mouth and understand exactly what's going on. And Rick was, was a guy that I definitely wanted for, for this, for this cruise. I mean, I base most of it around myself because I know I can always get myself and I know I'll never uh, be a problem for myself. So that's why right. you, know, you charge a fair rate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and Jericho will be there. AEW will be there. And Foz will be there. Okay. Those are three things I can control. And then it's putting together the rest of the lineup. And, and you know, a guy like Ric Flair, obviously known him for years, a very good friend of mine, but still, I mean, he's Ric Flair. There's a certain level of, you know, financial uh, compensation that he expects a certain level of, of, you know, treatment that he he expects, and I know that, and that's why I was able to get him because, you know, le- letting him know this will be the best vacation you've ever had. You can make some money too, but more importantly, we'll put you up, you know, in, in the in the in the Gene Simmons suite where Gene stays when Kiss does their cruise. Um, you know, that's something that you can't get anywhere else. The so guys are always working, and guys are always going from town to town to town, and to take a chance to go on a on a boat for five days with your family. That and, and make some money doing it and have a great experience, that's not going to happen anywhere else. And that's another reason why this is very unique. We know a lot of times that, you know, for example, maybe from a, from a, a budget standpoint, you know, you'll probably make more at the World of Wheels signing uh, <laughs> in Detroit, but you're not going to get the level of experience. And, and it's, the, uh, it's the X factor that's, that's the priceless part of it that, that you can't put a that you can't put a money value on the experience of it and i think you know once again having rick on it that opens the door for next year for anybody else of that caliber and, and what i did this year is really hone in on what um what i did last year and tighten it up a bit and know exactly what i'm looking for for the talent every year and it's going to be you know i'll have a pattern of who i'm booking and a pattern of not just for wrestlers, but for the bands and the comedians and all that sort of stuff. I know what I want now and I know what works. And I think I've kind of got it down, down pretty solid uh, for the second one and already thinking about who I would invite for the third. And what was the reaction from some of the, the wrestlers and the talent that went on the cruise last year? Like I remember you saying, I forget if it was Jim Ross or Terry Lawler who had never been on a cruise before or some of the other wrestlers. Like what was their takeaway at the end of it? Well, everyone said the same thing that you just said. It was the best time, the best vacation. We had so much fun and can't believe just how chill it was. And I think a lot of times when you're in a situation like that, a lot of times you'd be like, oh, I don't want to be stuck around fans for four or five days. It's not the case. You're not getting hounded. Everyone's really cool. Everyone's just having a good time. Um, I remember when we pulled into port last year in, in, in the Bahamas, and there's you know six or seven cruise ships all at port, and, and our cruise ship is chanting at them, you know, <laughs> you know, our cruise is better or something, whatever it is, you know, you know, yeah. and I believe it was your ship sucks was the chant. Yeah, your ship sucks, <laughs> uh, and you're not, and I remember like even the staff, the, the six man who is the, um, the promoters of the cruise, uh, kind of being dumbfounded at just how crazy and loyal and how much fun people were having. But I knew that because wrestling fans are very, 
good-natured bunch and rock and roll fans. And like I said, whether you like wrestling or not, you'll have fun on this cruise because there's so much stuff going on. Right. And I picked that up from Kiss, where if Kiss wasn't playing, well, then there was this band was playing, that band was playing. Uh, and there's a magician over here, and there's a comedian over there, and there's, you know, a belly flop competition, and a, and a Paul Stanley's cooking pizza, and whatever you could do to to keep people entertained, they did, and that's what we did on the on the, on the first Rock and Wrestling Radio. I think I had 18 events that I did just on my own, and it was you know Fozzie, and it was wrestling a match, and it was live podcasts, and it was marrying somebody, it was doing a Q and A. You were all over the place. It was the entire ship, whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, so, I think that's another reason why uh, it was it was it worked is because I was engaged and that's something that like six men who who I work with like I said they do a lot of cruises they do Kid Rock and Bon Jovi and Kiss and Walking Dead they said one of the reasons why mine was so universally critically acclaimed is because I was involved in a lot of engagement not just from a promotional standpoint beforehand but I made sure to go check out every single. Uh, act on board. And I yeah, you were up I, there with the Aussie cover say, band. You you were you were definitely a right. Like, you saw everyone saw you around. You were not hiding in your cabin at all. <laughs> and I think and that's one of the reasons. Another reason why people enjoyed it, like like you said, you never know. Jericho's going to be there, or or, or whoever's going to be there watching and hanging out. And we're taking that even to a different level for this next cruise. And there's going to be some 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 activities that are going to blow people's minds as far as the stuff we have planned and how much fun it's going to be. Once again, and I think when you when you have a guy like Ric Flair, everybody knows who he is, and um, I think you know it's just like the Rolling Stones, for example. You forget how long the Stones have been around and how great the Stones are until you see them again. And I think that's something about about having Flair on board. I think a lot of people's eyes opened where they're like, "Oh my gosh, Ric Flair's going." Okay, now it doesn't get any bigger than that. So from now on, I can ask anybody that's ever been in the wrestling business. Um, if, if they want to do it, and they can always just say, well, Flair did it. And I think that's going to break down a lot of barriers for sure. What was it like being at his, uh, at his birthday party? Cause it seemed like everybody was there, you know, just from the mainstream celebrity world. Did, did you catch yourself being starstruck a little bit or was it just more catching up with friends that you, you haven't seen in a while? Yeah, man, I, I don't get starstruck unless it's, you know, <laughs> Paul McCartney walked in the room, maybe. But um, right. I think more importantly, I mean, it was an honor to be invited. Like I said, Rick and I have a long history. Uh, I went there for him as a friend, but also, too, the Jericho style of always be closing. I went there to, to really explain to him and to, and to Wendy, his wife, what the cruise was and kind of really kind of get face to face and say, listen, this is something that you really will enjoy. And I'm going to go out of my way to guarantee that. And I think that really did close the deal. And um, the timing was perfect. And I'm really glad that I went, A, like you said, just to be a part of, of my friend's 70th birthday party, B, to see all some old friends, you know, and, and C, to really uh, kind of close the cruise deal. So it was a, it was a win, win, win all the way across the board. Uh, you posted a photo uh, at the birthday party with Triple H that kind of, quote unquote, broke the internet. And I was just curious, was there like any any joking or like hazing back and forth? You know, you guys are kind of competitors now. He made that joke at the Hall of Fame uh, about about AEW. Any, any little uh, slight, you know, fun jabs? Yeah, no, I mean, not, not, not at all. I mean, it was good to see both Shane and, and, and Hunter were there. And I mean, business is business, man. You know, we've all been doing this for a long time. And I think when you get to a certain level, 
hey, of course I'd still love to be in the WWE. And of course those guys would still love to have me. Didn't work out, but it's not like suddenly, you know, I'm an asshole or he's an asshole or you don't want to be friends or, or, or talk. Like I said, I think everybody understands everybody's point of view. And when it comes down to it, there's a lot of history between us. And, I mean, we, we main evented WrestleMania. Only 35 matches can say that. So there is a bond and a connection. I know that did cause a lot of waves, not just amongst fans, but amongst WWE officials, amongst AEW officials. But I think the bottom line is that you can never forget that when you're on the road with somebody for years and years and years, 19 years, uh, it doesn't just go away because you go work for another company. Just like if, if you know, I'm sure Mark Messi and Wayne Gretzky were still the best of friends after Gretzky got traded to the Kings um, because you have a lot of history. Everyone understands why you're doing certain things. And I left WWE under very good terms. You know, I, I spoke to them up until, you know, three or four days before I signed my contract. We all knew what I was doing. They knew what I was doing. They had a chance to to kind of uh, counter offer and, and, and just worked out that AEW was the better place for me at the time. So there's no, there's no ill will, at least not on my end. And I was curious, like, so AEW, you have these right now, it's monthly shows and I'm so excited for you guys to get started because the roster is so stacked. I, in a way I'm like missing seeing you guys wrestling all, all the talent on the, on the show. Cause it's been month, like since wrestle kingdom, some of you guys that have wrestled is like, I want to see your matches. Uh, and I was just curious, like, how, what is your commitment? You know, there's rumors there's going to be a weekly show. You guys are trying to lock that down. Would you be on every week, or is it kind of like a more of a guest star role that, that you'll be looking to play? Well, I mean, I, I think you're just going to have to wait and find out. You know, I think at this point in time, um, everything that you've heard is true, and nothing that you've heard, you've heard is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the, 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 the brilliance of AEW is that – Everyone knows who's involved, and there's been a lot of waiting. You know, that's like you said, four or five months without a Kenny Omega match or a Chris Jericho match or a Cody Rhodes match or a Young Bucks match, and that's all by design. And we all could have went and worked, you know, in New York last week at WrestleMania, but why would we want to do that? I think it's, it's more of the anticipation. And like I said, we're not doing this as a, as a hobby, as a sidebar. We're doing this to, to really take control and make some real moves. And, you know, you, you don't we're not competition for the WWE, but of course we're competition because we exist. We're not worried about what WWE does. We're worried about what we're going to do. And I think uh, once everything unfolds the way that, that uh, we want everybody to learn about the, the the company and all the different steps that we're taking, I think everybody's going to be very, very excited, even more so than they are right now. I'm very, very impressed at the rollout. I think one thing AEW has absolutely nailed is the hype. Like every little addition, every little, you know, nook and cranny of, of the presentation, you slowly roll out and it, and it just makes it seem like such a bigger deal. And it's very impressive, like the uh, press conference you had at the, the poolside and just everybody came off like a huge star. And it's something that I feel not a lot of people realize is a big part of the, the show is presenting everything as a, as a big deal. We're not doing a weekly show at this point in time yet. Uh but when we do, it's going to be a lot different. But for right now, we have to be very careful uh, and get as much buzz and publicity we can from every single move that we do uh, and every single event that we have. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's been so, like I said, so buzzworthy, for lack of a better term. But once you do shows with more frequency, then I think maybe a little bit more of that uniqueness and specialness of every single event will, will go away a little bit. But for right now, 
you know, are, we've got five weeks until Double or Nothing. Everybody in the world knows about Double or Nothing. Everybody in the world's excited about Double or Nothing if you're a wrestling fan. And once that show happens, then then we then we're off. You know, whether we have a show a month or whether we have four shows a week or twenty shows a week, once we have that first one under our belt, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the, of the company's um, uh, existence. And I think that's why it's a very smart move because there was a lot of debate. Why would you put Jericho Omega? Uh, on the very first show, you could do this, this, and this. And my opinion from the start was, you don't ever assume there's going to be another show. You need to kick it off right off the bat. It's like that old commercial. You only get one chance to make a first impression. And this is our first impression. We're going with our, our, our best foot forward all across the board with a roster that's stacked with probably, I don't know, a year and a half, two years of matches just for me alone if you're dealing with, with angles and storylines and thought processes. So we're going to kick it off strong. And then we're going to let everybody know the, the, the next set of news when we feel responsible. Awesome. And, and just to, to wrap up, I want to congratulate uh, you on Fozzie signing to Sony. I think that's such a big deal and so impressive to see how you kind of start at the bottom with your band and, and worked your way up. And now you guys are seeing, uh, I assume, the biggest success of your career. And I'm curious now that you're working on new material, uh, is there a timetable for when? Uh, you're looking to put something out, and do you kind of feel any sort of pressure to follow up the set success of, you know, the monster single Judas and just the album in general? Well, yeah, I mean, we had three top ten singles on the last record, so signing with Sony is huge. And like you said, starting at the bottom and getting to the top is exactly the same thing I did in wrestling. So we've been through this before. I think there's so much momentum. Yeah, there's pressure, but I think it's more excitement because now – all the doors that were closed to us in the past have now been open, and people are very much excited about what's going on with Fozzie. Uh, whereas up until the Judas record, I think there was still a lot of people that didn't really want us to even exist. Um, when Judas became such a hit, and then Painless, and then Burn Me Out followed suit, now suddenly it's a completely different ball game. Uh, rock radio still means something in this in this in this day and age. And it really helped us get to that next level. And now we really understand who we are as a band and really understand what we want to do for the next record. So we have a huge show opening for Iron Maiden at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles in September. I think the plan is to do a tour surrounding that with some new music, whether it's a single, whether it's a few new songs. But I know that we're writing right now and we're getting ready to record. And I think, um, I think it's going to all kind of really start folding out again in the fall which at the same time is probably when AEW will start folding out again in the fall. So it's going to be a busy time for me. So I'm just enjoying, uh, enjoying the time I have now uh, until it gets, uh, until I'm out going all cylinders again. A lot of sleepless nights in your future. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out on Squared Circle Pit. I Good really time. look forward to your match uh, with Kenny Omega, Double or Nothing, uh, coming up next month. And, and uh, the Jericho Cruise, you can get your tickets ChrisJerichoCruise.com, January 20th to the 24th, 2020. Don't wait. We're already at 83% sold out. So we've still got nine months to go. So don't wait. This will sell out probably in the next month or two. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day. Been, thank Always so cool to talk to Chris Jericho. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And AEW is really making some waves. They announced a big pay-per-view deal in the UK for Double or Nothing. They're rumored to be coming a pay-per-view in the U.S. and DirecTV. There's going to be a pre-show on social media. And the big story that broke earlier this week was that uh, AEW is, plan the plan is for AEW to be announced to be coming to TNT 
The announcement will be made next week on Wednesday, right before Warner Media, which owns TNT, right before their annual upfront presentation, which is a presentation done to uh, advertisers for the upcoming fall season to encourage them to spend some cash. And the rumor is that some AEW talent will be in New York City next week as part of this uh, to promote the new TNT show. And this is huge. Wrestling will be coming back to TNT. Uh, based on some trademark filings earlier in the year, AEW did tr- trademark a, uh, a name which was Tuesday Night Dynamite. So, you know, Monday Night or Tuesday Dynamite, very interesting. Uh, so th- my guess is that they are going to premiere the first Tuesday after SmackDown stops being on Tuesday and moves to Fridays to be on Fox. That's my th- working theory. I have heard some reports from Dave Meltzer and the like that the show is no longer on a Tuesday, but there's only a few days it could really be on without having to compete with WWE. And that would be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. They don't want to be on Mondays against Raw. They don't want to be on Fridays against SmackDown. Uh, Thursdays is a big day for football, and I'm sure TNT also has a big basketball lineup, so there might be some conflicts there. So who knows when the show will be on, but I cannot wait. I am ready for an alternative, a mainstream alternative to WWE, a big-time company. And that's kind of what this looks like it's being positioned. You know, Ring of Honor, not... I'm a little sour on them after what they tried to pull on that Ring of Honor New Japan show at Madison Square Garden. And really, the company that funds them, Sinclair, is not throwing the money behind them to be a major player. AEW is positioning itself as a major player, and I'm so excited to see what they're going to be doing. Like I mentioned to Chris during the interview, you know, like I miss seeing these wrestlers perform. We haven't seen Jericho, uh, Omega, or or any of these guys perform in months in January. And uh, this interview I did with Chris was actually before, right before he was revealed as Kasuchika Okada's new opponent. Kazuchika Okada is, of course, the New Japan IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And Jericho is going back to New Japan to face Okada two weeks after this double or nothing. Now, at first I got excited because I thought, oh, maybe this means that AEW and New Japan are playing nice. Apparently, Dave Meltzer said there is no change in that relationship. And that uh, the only thing that's different is or that this was planned for a while and and that Jericho in his contract with AEW, one of the stipulations is he can negotiate with New Japan independent of his AEW contract. But I'm hoping that if this Jericho-Okada match pushes some tickets or whatever, that maybe New Japan would be open to working with AEW because I need Kenny Omega back in New Japan. I'm going to the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1, the first night of the G1 in Dallas, flying out there because I am a New Japan mark. And while it seems like it would be too much to ask for Omega to be in the G1 tournament, because it is like a three-week tournament, that might be a little too much of a commitment for Omega because he might have AEW commitments, it would be great to see Omega at the Dallas show. Now, unfortunately, Meltzer said that that was something that New Japan was pitching, but it fell through. Maybe it unfell through. I don't know. I I would just love for something like that to happen. I would love to see Kenny Omega back in New Japan. On the WWE front, I don't know. Like I said, I like to keep things positive on the show, but WWE has been... It's it's been shocking how improvisational they've been and how every week everything is changing. The 
feuds are changing, the stories are changing. I don't know what's going on in WWE, but I am ready for an alternative. I'm ready for AEW. And on the New Japan front, they're about to start their annual Best of the Super Juniors tournament, which is like the G1, but with junior heavyweights. And the lineup this year is, is really, really great. There's a lot of cool people in the Best of the Super Juniors. Of course, Will Ospreay, Bandito, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, uh, lots of dudes. <laughs> I, the names escape me, but I'm going to be really looking forward to watching. And if you want to get into New Japan and you like high-flying cruiserweight action, now is the time to do it because every day there's going to be these very impressive junior heavyweight matches. The other thing I've been watching lately is Dark Side of the Ring, a weekly documentary series on Viceland. And there's been a, a five episodes. There's one more left, and I highly recommend it. And I'm very excited because... Next week on the show, I'm going to have one of the producers of Dark Side of the Ring to talk all about it, and we get into it. So I hope you can tune in. Until then, see you in the pit.